Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by AMA Waterways. Today, river cruising appeals to a far wider demographic than ever before. AMA Waterways, an award-winning and family-owned company, curates unique itineraries with different interests and activity levels in mind, providing the luxury of choice to each of their guests. AMA Waterways ships are consistently being updated with top-of-the-line amenities, such as the newly unveiled Pickleball Court aboard the flagship AMA Magna. From sunny days in the vineyards of France to Christmas markets in snowy Germany, AMA Waterways creates perfect opportunities for families to share unforgettable moments together as they discover the world one river at a time. To set out on your celebration of Wine River Cruise journey, reach out to your preferred travel advisor or visit amawaterways.com today. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, May 23rd. Happy Travel Tuesday out there. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you could leave a review uh, wherever you listen. I would greatly appreciate that. Hit that subscribe button so you can get notifications when new episodes drop every week. I would greatly appreciate that as well. So we've got a great show for you today, talking big news around the world of travel. And joining me on the show now is Chad Burt, co-owner of Outside Agents. Welcome to the show, Chad. Hey, great to be here. Great. Thanks for coming back on. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work in the travel industry. Uh, so my name's Chad Burt. I'm uh, one of the co-owners of OutsideAgents.com. I'm happy to say we're ranked as one of the top 20 agencies in North America. Uh, that's after a start with $10.62 about 20 years ago. So we're doing okay. Uh, we're growing by leaps and bounds, and we're really looking forward to uh, embracing this exciting future that's in front of us. I like and love new things. This is one of the coolest things ever. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later on. Love it, man. Yeah. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to jump on. And Chad and I are going to discuss what's in store for the future of travel agencies and how to overcome the challenges that may lie ahead. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the podcast here, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin in the airline news sector when it was quite a week for American Airlines. American Airlines and their pilots union have agreed to a new contract that's reportedly worth uh, four years in length and features a quote, a pay rates comparable to the wages secured by pilots at Delta Airlines, end quote, according to the statement from American. Back in March, Delta pilots approved a new four-year contract that includes over $7 billion in cumulative increases in pay and benefits, marking a 34% raise. So good for Delta. And it sounds like American is going to be kind of on that close track there. So good for the pilots getting paid. Also in American Airlines news, their partnership with JetBlue, the so-called Northeast Alliance, a federal judge on Friday ruled that that has got to be over. Uh, they ruled that it's... um. Uh, the alliance between the two airlines is anti-competitive and should be dissolved within 30 days. So both airlines had significant operations in Boston and New York, and we're going to sort of take over the Northeast there, if you will. So, um, Chad, your thoughts on this news for American this week, past week? I tell you, the the airline thing is an ongoing uh, story, if you will. I mean, as far as I know, uh, airlines have used bankruptcy as a part of their business plan for decades. But every time I see consolidation realignment and stuff, they're jimmying markets. They're, there's hubs and spokes in our air system. And if they can own a particular corner of that pie, then it's to their advantage. So they're, they're taking spots at the airline. They're, they're taking uh, potential passengers and so on. And what they do is just jimmy those um, well, doors where you can park the darn plane, trying to get the most they can out of every contract. JetBlue is a, a obviously a, an economy line. They've had it right for a long time. I think American combined with JetBlue did have too much control, especially in the northeast. So it's probably for the best. 
Yeah, it definitely, you know, gives a big advantage for America, or it did give a, a big advantage for American and JetBlue there. And poor JetBlue, you know, they thought they were going to get uh, Spirit, and that seems to have fizzled out. And now you've got oh. this fizzling out, so rough days for JetBlue. But maybe that'll change with this alliance being ending. Maybe they can get back with Spirit, but I, I'm not sure that that will happen. Here's a quick but, tip for uh, you. If you ever want to take a look at the future for a publicly traded company, just go check their stocks. You'll notice they took a dip, and now they're turning northward. So there's something going on there. The market always is smarter than us. There's something going on there. I just don't know what yet. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not uh, rich or powerful enough to know those inside deals and right, things like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, listeners, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Curious your thoughts on this week of airline news and the big stuff there with American. Uh, moving over to destination news, we got to take a look at how busy Memorial Day weekend travel is going to be. It's coming up this weekend. I hope you guys have some travel plans out there. It's always a busy time for travel. I'll be hitting the lake and everything, but um, it could be potentially a record-breaking weekend of travel and a lot of people out there. According to AAA, approximately 42.3 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more from their home over Memorial Day weekend, which they define as the five-day period from Thursday, May 25th to Monday, May 29th of this year. That figure marks a 7% increase over 2022, and uh, the, the weekend could also be the busiest at airports since 2005, exceeding pre-pandemic levels by 5.4% compared to 2019, so that would be certainly a big one wow. there. Yeah, so um, Chad, you have a lot of clients going out this Memorial Day weekend. Any destinations standing on popularity? Are you going anywhere? Uh, yeah, it's funny. I'll tell you about where I'm going here in a sec, but um, I've been talking since, for a little bit over a year about revenge buying, uh, and that's what we're experiencing now. People are mad about the vacations they lost. Mm -hmm. They realized that uh, they didn't want to travel. They wanted to go have experiences with people they cared about. And they're willing to pay anything to do that now. They're willing to even pay the uh, personal pain of the airline delays and stuff. Like they just don't care if they've got to walk on their knees or get into an island. And they're going to go do something. So I've seen a lot of activity in the southern part of the state. There's Disney. Um a lot of Airbnb type of type of things. You know, we're with VRBO, so our agents are selling that as well. Um, people want more bespoke or bespoke, authentic, immersive experiences. Not necessarily all the brass and glass that was more appealing uh, before. And they're just going and doing it. I noticed all the booking windows are extremely close in for this this weekend. I meant there was a lot of uh, excuse the language, but I call it the damn it Disney effect. And that's uh, like after the Great Recession, people said, honey, I don't care anymore. Damn it. We're going to Disney. <laughs> we're going to go do something. Okay. So they're experiencing that right now. I think a lot more impulse buying. And I'm noticing that per diems are up markedly, like well over 30%. So people are going out there. They're slinging the cash they save. And they're grasping on to those dreams like a drowning person grasps onto a life you know, life preserver, right? It's like, finally, I get this. This is why I work 50 weeks a year so I can go do this. And so they're doing it. I couldn't be happier for them, both from a uh, business perspective and a personal perspective. Eric, I, I think there's a whole lot of uh, ambient stress in the world. And I think a little vacation helps with that sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you got Memorial Day is basically the unofficial kickoff of summer. So a lot of people don't do their travel until the summer. They only travel in the summer or, and they only attach it to, you know, a holiday weekend like this. So you're going to have what's funny too is vacation. That's from the Latin to leave it has nothing to do with the destination. You're just not where you were. 
And that couldn't be more true yeah. than it is right now. They're going someplace. It's the journey, right? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. it's going to be a big one. Um, yeah, you mentioned Disney. We'll, we'll touch on some Disney news in a minute. But uh, yeah, Orlando, always super popular this time of year. I think you're going to get a lot of people on the roads and driving more so than flying. But the people that have the, the cash and the means are, are certainly not letting that stop them and all these price hikes that have been going on. So yeah, you know, I mentioned you know the the forecast is that you know it could be the busiest at airports since 2005 so we'll see what the the numbers shake out and i'll, I'll mention that on next week's podcast because we'll have all Great. of that information next tuesday but yeah i think it'll be a really a really busy one so make sure that you know if you got uh, going to the airport at all make sure you get there well in advance because i'm sure the security lines are, are going to be crazy although the tsa did come out and put out a release and say that say they, they say that they're ready you know for the busy summer travel period but that remains to be seen, I guess. We'll see how that goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jumping over to um, other destination news, we got some theme park news. Universal Orlando Resort revealed new details for Minion Land ahead of their summer opening. They don't have an exact date for the Minion Land opening, just sometime this summer. The all-new land uh, will be at Universal Studios Florida, and it expands on the resort's beloved Despicable Me Minion Mayhem attraction and will debut a new collection of experiences for guests of all ages inspired by the beloved Minions franchise. Uh, highlights include Illumination's Villain Con Minion Blast, so an all-new attraction. And then we've got a fully, it's a fully interactive gaming experience, so it sounds like you'll, you know, shoot little blasters at, at a digital screen or something. It'll be, it'll be fun, for sure. And then they've got an all-new retail location selling Villain Con and Minions merchandise and a whole new uh, Illumination's Minions Cafe that will offer the, quote, uh, immersive new eatery boasting three themed areas designed after popular minions, Kevin, Stewart, Bob, Notto. So Universal pumping out something new there, while on the flip side, its neighbor, Disney World, is closing something. Uh, they announced that they're going to be closing their Star Wars hotel experience, so that's a little more than just a year after opening it up. Um, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, their final uh, voyage departure, whatever you want to call it, in this uh, immersive hotel experience will take place September 28th. Disney's already paused all bookings. It's pretty much, you know, they're setting it uh, sail there, so to speak. So, uh, Chad, your, your thoughts on Disney's big decision. Um, what do you think they might do next with the space? Because it's like 100 uh, rooms. It's it's so very I cool know space. This. I know yeah. Universal's on a massive expansion. Yeah, Epic Universe coming up in yeah. maybe 25. Uh, so we'll Disney's going to have to keep freshening things up. I, I don't think they have the giant expansions, but they're always bringing in new stuff. Fresh? and new are close enough for consumers, but they want something a little bit different, something more than what they got last time. When it comes to Disney, I, I tell you, I used to argue with Disney quite a bit, um, especially in marketing. Um, it took me a couple of years, but I get it now. It's not just a destination. It, it, it's a space in your heart <laughs> that you're going yeah. to, to go to Disney. It's that big of a deal. Um, so that having been said, they've been able to charge what they want, when they want, how they want. And I could see where, given the demand for immersive experiences, it's huge. This would just made all the sense in the world when they built it. And then $5,000 a night or a weekend later, uh, I don't know that it was necessarily reachable to enough people. Yeah, it was people who can afford it, but I just don't know that... It, it hit the right spot. It has to resonate with the consumers. It can be as cute as you want it to be and as Disney as you want it to be. If they don't like it, they don't. And and they'll they'll kind of shun it in a way. It's like like once they hear this human experience isn't quite so ultimate, they're just deflated and they just go away. Yeah. So I, I'm just surprised that Disney 
did something of this scale that didn't work. Disney's an amazing yeah. machine, a ungodly powerful machine. How this happened, I'm not sure, except that I've been a business person for a long time. And despite my best plans, I've stepped to toe more than once. So that's what I think this is. They, yes. they wanted to go bigger, go home, and we're going. Yeah, it's definitely a business decision here and potentially, you know, the right move because I'm sure they weighed options on, you know, slashing the price and dealing with all that because I think, you know, they came out of the gate pretty high on the, on the price there. And maybe if they were launching it this year when there's even more pent-up demand of and people, you know, burning the cash despite inflation and everything, maybe. But, I mean, that left a, l- a little bit of a sour taste in a lot of the hardcore fans of the Star Wars hardcore fans, should I say. Yeah. The people that they thought would just pay whatever to come because it is amazing. And, you know, I, I did experience it when they had the media preview back um, before it opened. And it was amazing. It was an incredible immersive experience. You really felt like you're in space. You forgot that, like, it's daytime outside and everything. So it was really cool. But... I don't know what they'll do with the space, if they'll make it anything Star Wars related still, or will you complete overhaul and, you know, they're the blogger, uh, Disney blogger folks out there spouting out rumors of like Avatar expansion stuff. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure Disney has thoughts, but it's probably just going to be tabled for a moment and maybe they'll address it later because yeah, right now it's just a a business decision and you're going to put your dollars elsewhere instead of investing into that. And, you know, they definitely take a hit because it was, you know, a pretty penny to uh, build that out and everything. Eric, I, I wonder if this is, so maybe they're having a little tough time with it. So they shut it down and they bring it back brand new and new and improved and stuff. It, it, it's a great way to cause demand. I, I don't know. They, but they've got a lot of sophisticated marketers down there. Yeah. And I'm just surprised they missed this mark. I am too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't get me wrong. No, yeah. Uh, but just surprised. That's all. Yeah, it was very surprising, too, when I first saw the news. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, I knew it wasn't exceeding the expectations that they certainly wanted to. And, you know, price pays a pays a factor there. And everyone has strong opinions about Disney and their, the, their everything going on with them these days. But, you know, this one was certainly a surprise. And I think there's still a way to salvage it to be a Star Wars thing. Maybe you don't make it, you know, a Star Cruiser voyage. Maybe it's just a port and maybe you just yeah, space simulation stuff and... Uh, I don't know. And the whole, the whole interactive stuff, cause you had your own little, they gave you a little phone and then you could go onto the star Wars land and be, you know, fully in your own story in there instead of, you know, experiencing galaxy's edge a, a completely different way. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, to ponder on this one. So um, listeners mm-hmm. out there, I'm curious your thoughts, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know your thoughts on that and any other news that we uh, discussed here or didn't get to, as there is a lot of news always ongoing. You can find out more news, obviously, travelpulse.com, bookmark it, sign up for our newsletter, always on the daily there. But that wraps up what it was trending in the world of travel. So pro- podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Let me know your thoughts on things. And now we're going to jump into our theme of the week and on what's in store for the future of travel agencies. So Chad, I'll ask you, we'll start off with that. What do you think is in store for the future of travel agencies? Abundant prosperity for those that survive. Okay, and surviving isn't the goal. Thriving is what we need to be looking at. The future of, of travel is full of some really great opportunities. Especially, you may have heard about this AI stuff and some of the some of the technologies. Pretty remarkable. The constant, though, that agents have is change. They, we're we're used to it. That's what we do all day, every day. We're always learning new products, new angles, new markets, new spaces. Um, change is the constant we have. But Eric, I'm going to say that we have to embrace 
that dynamic than you deal with it. You know, whereas previously we coped with it, you have to look at new things and new tools and fully embrace them to, to understand them, not only for ourselves as professionals, but for our consumers as well. Think, think about when the internet started happening. Consumer come in and go, look what a great price I got. My mom, a nearly four decade veteran, say, oh honey, give me that. And she'd go fix it. Because <laughs> she knew stuff that the GDS didn't. So the change that's coming is going to be huge and it will uh, lift us up, push us forward. And uh, those who aren't paying attention get trampled. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, exaggerate. It's that important that we take a look at our future and move forward with intention. Definitely, yeah. Pot, um, uh, technology is really going to pave the way on on a lot of this stuff. And you mentioned AI, that really standing out. And I've, I've seen you know different opinions on this whole chat GPT. And there's a lot of different other chat bots that have popped up since that. It's just chat GPT is, I guess, easy to roll off the tongue and it's still stayed mm -hmm. with people, even though there are others and uh, maybe they just had good marketing push on that. But I mean, that's what the people, uh, most people are uh, stuck, not stuck with, but stuck on is like, that's the one, you know, uh, but there are others out there and there's a lot of different AI tools and, and things like that. So I think it's, you know, I get differing opinions from agents of like, no, 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 definitely can't do that. And meanwhile, you've got uh, Expedia and they put in a, a chat GPT plugin and stuff and advisors can work off of that and everything. So I, there's some people that are for it and some people that are like strongly against it. And, but you know, AI is part of the future. So you definitely cannot ignore that. But Eric, we have to acknowledge something. Chat GPT, copy AI, I mean, I'm chat org. I, I've got probably a dozen of them okay, that I've been, uh, me and my crew have been tinkering with. And we're taking a very methodic scientific approach to this to generate the best possible results. This having been said, everything that you've touched that you've engaged with AI in is nothing more than an interface. Folks, literally, it's nothing more than an interface. It's an NLP environment, natural language processing environment. So I can say to it questions that I wouldn't be able to explain programmatically. I hope that makes sense. I, I'm a geek. I, I can type all the googly gook stuff, okay? But I can just say, hey, evaluate this for that give me a table of this be sure to take a look at the standard deviation and the probability i mean really complex questions and have it go figure it out i would say that 90 to 95 percent of the time it's as good as i am and i've been doing this 20 years i'm pretty good at certain things pretty bad at others but i'm saying um it can be about 90 95 percent as good as i am it's where's that missing five or ten percent so what am i saying critical thinking at no point has it been more important than it is now. Just like when the internet started happening and we could pull out an itinerary and just throw it at somebody, no big deal. So we're we going to start to pull stuff off of AI and start assuming that it's gospel. It makes mistakes. It hallucinates a bit. Uh, I've been telling everybody, and, and this is an open challenge to you, Eric, and everybody else that sees this, an open challenge. If you want to get on the phone with me and will let me speak at this pace, you will be unable to prove that I'm not a, a teenager except for odor. Computers don't stink yet. Yeah. But let me be on the phone and you call me up and ask me a question about a trip or whatever like that. And I'm going to sound like the smartest travel agent ever known and you won't be able to tell. So where does that leave travel agents? Well, I mentioned teenagers. Remember, they're stronger, better, faster than you, as good-looking as you ever were. So how do we control them? 
We choose our words carefully. We lead them to where we want them to be. And Eric, that's what we have to do with AI. We have to lead it to give us the stuff that we want and need. And finally, we need to be able to, when the consumer comes to us and throws a piece of paper across the table, says, this is what AI did, we need to be able to dismiss it and show them a better version. Let me show you better words to get better results. We need to be better at the machine than our consumers are. Definitely. Yeah. Advisors out there have got to, you know, they can't ignore that and you've got to use it to, uh, to combat against, I guess, use it to your advantage and so to speak. And, uh, to augment yourself with, is, yeah. is yeah. the main thing. I, I do a lot of writing. I think we talked about this for a second. I do a lot of writing. The, the worst thing in the world is that angry blank page, right? Or I've got too many ideas and not enough focus on something. Having a partner to be able to start a conversation with, flesh out some ideas. I don't know about you, but like when I'm writing, about three quarters of the stuff I write gets chucked because I'm getting to the good stuff. You're professional. It's probably easier for you, but for me, it takes a little pruning to get to where I need to be. AI lets me throw some stuff at it and get some feedback and kind of have a little bit of an exploratory dialogue. And it's wonderful for marketing. I had it generate an itinerary, a fake itinerary for me to Paris or two people in their mid thirties, executives, dual income, no kids, very specific tar target demographic. Boom, put it all on a table for me. It was, slick. It was nice. And then I said, comma, because it kind of understands slang. Cool. I mean, that was good. Okay. Comma, create eight Facebook posts promoting this itinerary. With emojis, there you go. Comes on out like that. I said, write a twelve-line poem about the trip. Did that too. I was just getting kind of yeah. uppity with it, you know, trying to stump it, right? But the point being is, now I'm seeing it less as a and more as a series of tools, more of a workflow than a destination or end all that is all. So I asked it a question, it gave me an answer. I'm done. No, I think it's I asked it a question, it gave me an answer, which inspired further conversation. I explored it more, and then this is what I came up with AI as opposed to from AI. That, that's the big thing. It, this has to be uh, created with AI, not by AI, as far yeah. as your consumers are concerned. As soon as they figure that uh, you know better than talking to the computer directly, that's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah, you it's can't. Problem. Yeah, You got to make sure that you showcase your value on that and, mm -hmm. and using it with it. That's a, that's a good way to say it. So, as, as we talk about AI, you know, we know that that's a key tool out there. What are some other tools out there to help uh, travel advisors as they, um, the challenges that lie ahead for advisors and how can they overcome them, you know, using different tools out there to help improve their skills for the future? I've been singing this song for a long time. I, I think that every travel agent in America should be spending 30 minutes or more, not, not more than an hour, exploring what's on the horizon. Go play. Seriously. Like, that not childish, childlike. Go Play with it. See if there's something there that's interesting to you. I find that agents spend either no time doing this or far too much time doing this. And here's the thing. I, I'm familiar with just about every tool in the industry. I have not found a single tool that does 100% of what I needed to do. I encourage people to narrow the number of tools that they're using and increase the depth of your understanding of the tools that remain. In other words, get good at using that tool, instead of looking for a different shovel, wider, longer, thicker, whatever, start digging. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so, you know, to me, ultimately, the big tools out there are collaborative in nature, 
folks. If you don't know what a cloud drive is, a share file, all that kind of stuff, go study up a little bit. Collaboration is it. Communication is the future. So get good at that. You know, don't let it run by you because at the end of the day, AI lacks a, a characteristic that we have in abundance, and, and that is the ability to care. Now, it can look like it cares, talk like it cares, walk, I mean, do all that. It doesn't. It doesn't care. If I mess this quote up, I might have a light lunch because I can't afford it. If it messes a quote up, it gets another question. There is no ego, though. There is no sense of self-value. There is no dignity. There's none of that in that computer, which for many of us encourages us to perform at higher levels. Leverage that difference. Show that you care. Demonstrate care. And you'll be able to step out in front of the, um, the AI thing. So towards that end, I recommend that you use tools to help automate some of your business. Like I love Calendly. There's also a version called Ace, which is like 19 bucks for life. I love it. You got that that schedule. Let me explain to you why. I, I just want this to be an example. The act of sending them the scheduling thing, them clicking on it is a step in commitment. They just made your promise. Once you've caused somebody to make you a small promise for commitment, a larger one becomes easier. I just did a piece on it on my blog at outsideagents.com. Tiny wins, Ben Franklin. So anytime I can improve the mindset of the customer using automation, that frees up time for me to focus in on the conversation, the relationship. And that's what's critical here. Definitely. Yeah. It's all about working smarter, not harder. Right. So I think mm -hmm. that's a key thing for what travel advisors out there need to focus on as we talk about the future and what lies ahead and everything. So this has been great chat. I really appreciate it. Oh, Any, real quick, I want to oh, say something ahead. just real yeah, quick. You know, when cell phones came out, uh, folks, there used to be a time before cell phones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to save us all this time. What it did is made it so that we couldn't have a few minutes quiet in our car. That when I'm in the restroom, I'm wondering where my phone is. I become attached. And I even love your signature on your emails because sometimes it's a little out of time, right? Uh, anachronistic sometimes when I reply. But now I got this phone connected to us and we have to do more than ever before because we can. Our goal here at Outside Agents is to deploy a series of tools for you We've already de deployed a few, including a bio generator, some page content generators, and offer generators to use those kind of tools to, to get ahead of things so that you can come in behind and be fundamentally human. That is the secret to success in the future. Be authentically, fundamentally human, and you should do pretty well. There you go. Yeah, any other uh, closing words of advice to our travel advisor listeners out there as we wrap up here? I'm not kidding. Shoot me an email, chat at outsideages.com. Prove, tell me how you can prove I'm not an instance of AI on the phone. I would love to see that. That's a big challenge there. All right, listeners. So thanks again, Chad. I really appreciate you taking time to jump on. Anything else you want to plug here as uh, we, we uh, you got your email, anything on social media or websites or anything else like that? www.outsideagents.com. We don't offer specials or discounts on our sign-up. It's 21 bucks. Here's my, my uh, call to action for you. Don't buy a car without driving it. Come check us out. Cost you $21. You're safe for a good fit. At least then you'll know good or bad. And I'm always happy to give somebody some advice, even if you're not a member. There you go. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it, man. Eric, I appreciate you too, man. You have a great day. 
Thanks again to Chad for jumping on and talking all things travel there and travel advisors as well. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, a safe, happy Memorial Day weekend too. We'll be talking big things on the world of travel when we get back and seeing how busy Memorial Day weekend was for next week's show. So be sure to tune in. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.